right. Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me, new and... I don't know. I was trying to think of something catchy to say, but new, newly addition, Brandon is here along with me. So uh, to kick off our first ever uh, episode where it's just Brandon and I with the new, I don't know, I can't, staff. We're not really staff. <laughs> uh, with the new new people running the show, because uh, Craig retired. Um, we will go ahead and let Brandon do the, our new and ever so popular. Actually, I don't know. I haven't really gotten a lot of feedback on it, but it works. I like it. It's an icebreaker. So we'll keep doing it. It's popular to us. Yes. We enjoy it. (laughs) Exactly. It's, it's a winner for us. So I actually, that was an accident. I hit that button because I was supposed to hit this one. And so we're here to bring you those random facts that probably will never matter in life, but just for the heck of it, (laughs) here we are. And uh, Brandon's bringing one hot off the press. Brandon, what you got? All right. Um, This week I decided to dedicate this one to Craig, actually. Um, Everybody knows Craig knows that he's a huge uh, 50s and 60s sci-fi fan. And my fact was um, Jeff Morrow, who is the actor who was the main character in the 1957 movie, The Giant Claw. When they shot that movie, the monster wasn't made yet, and the actors had no idea what it was supposed to look like. Oh, really? And it was a, yeah, it was a low-budget movie, and they didn't have enough after paying the actors to get uh, a decent decent special effects artist so they had to outsource it to mexico oh my gosh so once the movie screened jeff morrow was in the front row to watch it and he sat there fine until they showed the monster and it looked so ridiculous that he was so embarrassed he slinked down in his seat and then exited the theater went home and got drunk no. <laughs> yeah. oh. If anybody wants to see what the monster looks like, uh, just t- t- type in the giant claw. It'll be like the first thing you see. Oh my gosh, that's awful. Oh, there we go. I was just like, I was looking for this. I was just like, I have the wrong buzzer. What the heck? Where's the fail horn? That is bad. <laughs> oh, I, I that sounds. Uh, yeah, I'll have to check that out. I'll have to at least look at it. Have you? Uh, did you watch that movie? That. I'll post it up here for for people to see on on Twitter. Yeah. Did you have you watched that movie then? Uh, I saw parts of it when I was a kid. Okay. Um, back before we had cable, they used to show it on uh, Turner Classic mu- Movies, and I remember watching it at my grandpa's house. Okay. It's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of those movies that they probably would have had on Mystery Science Theater. Oh, for sure. I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, nice. Very nice. Well, hey, while we're talking about that, uh, do you want to share your Twitter handle real quick? uh, Since I know that we'll be discussing things more and sharing the show and everything on uh, Twitter. Uh, Yeah, you you guys can find me um, on Twitter at HeyBeardMon. 
and that's uh, M-O-N instead of M-A-N. Yeah, there's a pretty good story behind that, and uh, maybe we'll uh, we'll have Brandon share that. Not the not an epic <laughs> story, but I remember you telling that story where that name came from. So, all right, well, yeah. Um, there's your did you know segment for this week, and we'll go ahead and move along into our football talk then. Okay. Well, it's the off season, but there is no off season for the sports cast. We're here bringing it at you each and every single week. There's always something to say about Michigan football. And uh, actually quite a bit happened since the last time we, were, we recorded. Um, just uh, there were a few things that happened like the couple days leading up to the last time we recorded. And then the couple days following it, just like everything went everywhere. It was like wildfire. Uh, Michigan lost coaches, Michigan gained coaches. So that's basically kind of what we're going to be talking about this week, um, discussing uh, some of the things that happened for better and happened kind of for worse. So we'll start with the bad news first. And that is that Michigan lost the defensive line coach, Greg Madison, long history with Michigan, uh, actually several stints coaching with Michigan. Uh, yeah. And so they also lost Al Washington, the linebackers coach, and he was a really good recruiter. Both of them actually did good recruiting. Um, but everyone's kind of throwing in the opinion that Al Washington was the bigger loss, which I, I would kind of agree with that. But the weird thing, at least with half of this is that they both went to Ohio state. And a lot of people got really, really, really mad, <laughs> uh, which I can't completely blame them. Some, some of the reasoning and some of the thoughts were just kind of like, okay, you're thinking a little bit about it too much. And it's just like, you know, it, it is what it is. You can't, I mean, if it was Jim Harbaugh that left and went to Ohio state, that'd be kind of one thing, uh, obviously. But uh, so real quick to give everybody a background, uh, Greg Madison, um, I wasn't, I didn't get a chance to dig into deeper. I don't know that he has any tie to anything or anyone really at Ohio state. Um, he did some stuff with, uh, urban Meyer and when he was yeah, at Florida, that's, but that's the only ties I could think of. Um, he actually had some ties with, uh, Meyer at Notre Dame as well. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So it goes back to Meyer. So, I mean, unless like, well, it wouldn't be surprising Meyer giving his, uh, input and everything, but this is technically a Ryan day hire. And so just people thinking about not really sure where the draw would come from other than the fact that he's getting a title bump, which isn't a huge title. Well, okay. It's a title bump. We'll just leave it at that. Cause he's going from defensive line coach to the co-defensive coordinator at Ohio state. Mm -hmm. um, now in the case of Al Washington though, this is, this is the one where you can't really fault the guy too much because he has ties to Ohio state, like all over the place. Uh, he, he grew up in Columbus. His dad played for Ohio state. He then in college played at Boston college when Ryan day was a graduate assistant. And then when he was coaching, um, on the coaching staff at, uh, Boston college, uh, out when Al Washington was on the staff, Ryan day was also on the staff. So he he's 
right there tied into not just Ohio State, but also Ryan Day. So it's not too shocking. Um, did you have a problem with any of this, Brandon? What were your kind of thoughts and reactions? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I mean, I kind of look at it as, I mean, th- these are these guys' jobs, so it's basically a business. So, I mean, you can't really fault someone for taking a better position. I mean, like you said, a title change, uh, you know, I'm sure he's getting compensated more for Madison. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I mean, you really can't fault the guy. And, like, I mean, he's got ties with Urban Meyer, like we said earlier. So, uh, you know, how he kind of said last week how Urban Meyer is probably, like, you know, the, the wizard and Wizard of Oz where he's the man behind the, the curtain. Yeah. The puppet master, if you will. But, um so, yeah, I mean, I really can't fault either either one of the guys. And, you know, like we said with Washington, that um, he's from Columbus. He probably grew up Ohio State fan, especially with his dad playing at Ohio State. So, yeah, you know, can't really fault either guy. Yeah, and um, I forgot to also mention that he is not getting a title change. Al Washington is not, but uh, it very well could be a pay raise. I don't right. know if those details are released. However... It was reported, I don't know if it was confirmed, but it was reported that Michigan was trying to keep him by um, giving him a title, uh, some more responsibility as well as giving him more money. So it wasn't, I mean, it, like I said, in his case, that's not as crazy because he has all these different reasons and ties and everything to make the change. So the fact that Michigan was trying to work to keep him and it wasn't successful is not the biggest shock. Greg Madison is kind of unusual. I, I'm i not really bothered by the Washington one. The Madison one is just more of a head scratcher for me, I guess I would say, because it is what it is. I mean, and also, let's face it, I mean, Madison's done well, but it's not like they're tearing apart the Michigan football staff by taking Madison, in my opinion. Exactly. I mean, it's not like they took Don Brown or something. Yeah. Like if they took Don Brown or Partridge, you know, something like that, it, that would be, uh, I mean, gosh, every, everybody, there was, it seemed like there was a small amount of people on social media who weren't upset or losing their minds about it. But if one of those two things happened, I'm sure that everybody probably would be losing their minds. But um, yeah, so that happened. Now the, it was interesting because it got in conversations and something that some people were talking about how, you know, you just don't do that. You don't go from a rival team to another rival team. And it's just like, well, it happens. And I'm sure people pay closer attention to it. They probably see it between things like Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, Texas, Oklahoma, USC, and Stanford. I don't know. You probably see it all over the place, but we just aren't aware because it's not dealing directly with Michigan, Ohio state. Mm-hmm. And then people were trying to say, well, you never see Ohio state coaches become Michigan coaches, but you look at, I mean, if you really want to go back and uh, I think there's another example, I don't know why I'm kind of blanking right now, but uh, go back to uh Beauchamp Beckler. You know, yeah, exactly. That's I what mean, I was going to say. Yeah. That's, that's where a huge part of this rivalry kind of caught fire and everything was the fact that Bo you know, worked at Ohio state 
and then later became the head coach at Michigan and that fueled all these things. And, and he turned into hating Ohio state. Like you watch some of his speeches and things like that. So if people say that only Ohio state teaches the, the dislike and hatred of Michigan, but Michigan doesn't do that. Well, obviously, you know, you don't see some of the things that Bo talked about and how Bo felt about things and Bo left Ohio state. And so you, you can't have it both ways, basically. Like if you're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's okay that Michigan got Bo Beckler, even though he was an Ohio State coach, but then you're like, no, it's not okay that Greg Madison is going to Ohio State. You 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 can't you can't say both of those things. You know, exactly. those those are contradictory. But you know, everybody's got their own opinion. Like I said, if some if it bothers some people, fine, I get it. Uh, and I'll always state that I'm never okay with anybody calling uh, like directly trying to call somebody out on social media, like by tagging them or anything. But I mean, if you talk about it and if you don't like it, fine, you know, everybody's got their own opinion. So we're, we're not here about sharing uh, opinions and always thinking the same thing. I'm sure some that you'll find out between Brandon and I is that we're going to have different thoughts about a lot of different stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, did you have any, I think kind of looking through what I have down, do you have anything else on Madison, Washington or? Um, no, not really. Um, other than I agree with you that Washington was a bigger loss than Madison was. Um, I mean, solely from, you know, just solely from a, an age standpoint, even, but, yeah. uh, Madison, you know, he's towards the end of his career and, uh, Washington basically was just, you know, starting to hit a stride here with us. So yeah, it's kind of a, more of a loss. Yeah. And I was going to say, um, I put the joke out there and I don't know if some people thought I was serious, but I was essentially just saying that Michigan was putting uh, staff members on the inside so that they could sabotage Ohio state from the inside, but <laughs> that's not going to happen. But it, but it is kind of odd and interesting that they took two defensive people um, when they tore apart the Michigan defense this year. Yeah, exactly. I found it interesting too, but I mean, it is what it is. It's not like, it's not like just because there was a couple bad games that those coaches are bad at their jobs. But like, like we said, it's not like they took Don Brown or Partridge or something like that. So exactly. Yeah. But you talking about the age thing is kind of interesting because then that helps ties into kind of the um, positive side of things, the other side of the coin. And that is the coaches that Michigan gained. And so the two people that Michigan has recently gained are Josh Gaddis, former Alabama co-offensive coordinator and receivers coach, and is coming in now as the offensive coordinator for Michigan. And then the other one, uh, which we probably won't talk about as much because I was doing some digging, and honestly, I haven't found a lot of information on him. Um, Anthony Campanelli uh, is former co-defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach um, for Boston College and is now going to be a defensive assistant at Michigan. Now, as soon as we say Boston College, everybody thinks Don Brown. Interesting thing enough, though, is that when Campanelli went to Boston College and started was actually the year that Don Brown started at Michigan. So they don't really, unless they know each other from beforehand or something of some sort, maybe Don Brown was bringing him in. I don't know exactly but they, from what I see on the records, didn't actually coach together. So there's that much from that 
So the thing that um, you kind of already mentioned that applies to both these guys is kind of the age factor where these guys are both coming in earlier in their careers. They're younger, younger coaches. Um, people are talking about how well they um, relate to recruits and that recruiting is kind of a strong thing for both of them. So that is definitely a positive for both of these guys. Um, what we'll probably then go ahead and focus on here is Josh Gaddis because there's more information. Uh, he's got a little bit longer coaching career, uh, and he's kind of like the big, uh, popular topic right now, uh, because everybody's excited about what could potentially happen with him coming on staff at Michigan. So Brandon, did you say that you collected some numbers and things or some stats? Yeah, I found some kind of interesting stuff. Um, well, we talked about Gaddis being young. I mean, he's only 34 years old, uh, but he's had a, a pretty good coaching career so far. Uh, I had that he was at, at Vanderbilt, and while he was at Vanderbilt, he coached Jordan Matthews, who's in the NFL right now. Uh, Matthews ended up being a first-round pick, I believe, to the Eagles. Uh, he had a he had a couple good seasons, and he kind of I think injuries kind of limited him a little bit. He's he's kind of sputtered out a little bit. Uh, but other than that. I mean, when he was at Penn State, he also recruited and uh, coached uh, Chris Godwin for the for the Buccaneers. Oh yeah, who was actually um, turned on a little bit this year, so he's starting off a little bit better. And I mean, lately, uh, Jerry Judy from Alabama this year is yep. like, he worked, I guess, hand in hand like with Jerry Judy like the whole season. And I mean, he, I believe he was a second team all American. So obviously he's, he's kind of a wide receiver specialist, which works great for us, for the, um, you know, the talented group that we have that we we're trying to get more out of. I mean, yeah. from on paper, I mean, Josh Gaddis looks like a, a great hire to me. Yeah. And from the concept, at least right now, from what, um, is being, shared and slash reported however you want to say it the concept is that he's coming in offensive coordinator and is basically given the reins obviously harbaugh is going to be involved and you know he's going to have the final say but it appears that he's going to the thought process is that gaddis is going to come in and he's going to be in quote unquote control probably more so than anybody else has been at michigan for the offense Mm -hmm. Um, except for maybe the first year with Jed fish, but, uh, yeah, uh, those, those numbers were really good. I saw some of that stuff. Um, yeah. So he was the co-offensive coordinator at Alabama going to the straight offensive coordinator here, uh, for Michigan, uh, background of being a wide receivers coach, as well, as you mentioned, uh, you were talking about Vanderbilt and Penn state. He actually has a background too, with Western Michigan as a wide receivers coach, I believe it was like mm -hmm. 2013 or something like that. So, uh, he, he knows the state he's been around here. So that, that's kind of a nice thing. I know it's not necessarily like a recruit where sometimes they don't know really what they're getting into until they come to school sometimes and things like that. But he's been exposed to the state. He kind of knows a little bit about some things. Uh, he was on the Penn state team that went to the 2000 or he was on the Penn state staff. That went to the 2016 Big Ten title game. Uh, he also had uh, another formidable receiver, Deshaun Hamilton, um, was working with him. And to give you some numbers that I dug up then, 
to kind of help, I don't know, beef up his resume or help people kind of understand some of the things that he was doing. So he was at Alabama and in 2018, Alabama's passing um, offense finished sixth in the nation, averaging 323 yards per game. So for Michigan in 2018, Michigan finished 80th, averaging 215 yards per game. So that's a, a over 100-yard difference. Um, then for his Penn State stint, I, I went ahead and went through uh, all the years that Harbaugh has been at Michigan just to kind of compare numbers and everything. So in 2017, when he was at Penn State, um, they finished 23rd in the nation for passing with 290 yards per game. Michigan, uh, which that was the abysmal year where Michigan went 111th, only putting up 171 yards per game. 2016, Penn State finished 36th, um, 260 yards per game. Michigan was 85th at 212 yards per game. And then uh, the only time that Michigan kind of had more impressive numbers, which was, you know, Jed Fish, more passing game, you know, that exciting offense uh, and those great We had Chesson and Jake Butt and somebody else that I all of a sudden just blanked on. Um, but Penn State, um, Darbo. thank you, Darbo. Yeah. Um, Penn State finished 74th with 214 yards per game while Michigan was 53rd with 237 yards per game. So, uh, some decent numbers there. I mean, obviously three out of those four years were better than what Michigan was putting up. Um, so, and I mean, of course, a lot of different factors going to that, you know, the, the players that you have and all sorts of things. Uh, but another interesting thing that I want to put out is that in 2000, so this past year, 2018, I went and looked at the top 25 receivers in the categories of receptions, yards, and touchdowns. And Alabama had uh, Jerry Judy, who ranked 24th in receptions at 68, 10th in yards with 1,215, and third in touchdowns at 14 touchdowns. And then they also had another player that broke the top 25 and Henry Ruggs uh, broke the touchdown um, top 25 with 11 touchdowns and he was ranked 15th. Michigan only had one wide receiver break the top 25 and only in one category or no, I'm sorry, not the top 25. Michigan only had one wide receiver break the top hundred in 2018 and that was in one category and they it wasn't even the top 50 donovan people's jones was 51st with eight touchdowns wow yeah so that's i mean there would have been if i went in the top 100 there would have been plenty other examples of alabama receivers that would have been on that list those were just the top 25 but for michigan just to be able to mention somebody in the top 100 i had to go into the 51st spot so those are some things that definitely give you the warm, fuzzy feelings of a new offensive coordinator coming to Michigan. So we can kind of only wait and see, but um, it, it'll be interesting. I think that uh, basically one thing is it can't, it's hard to think that it could be worse than what it was. And exactly. Yeah. And I mean, we, it, you you would just have to think that we're we're gonna spread the ball around a little bit more that we're gonna throw a little bit more you know yeah 
And my biggest hope is, uh, and I was saying this uh, in previous episodes, especially about how things went with the bowl game, is that Harbaugh has had his thing about focusing on the running game, which is still kind of interesting with everything that happened. I mean, there was still a focus in 2015, his first year, but it was very, I don't know. I feel like 2015 was very loose, you know, um, and they fired more from the hip and things like that. And there was a lot of success with that. But then 2016 and 17, it seemed more rigid. Okay, we're going to do this running game tactic because this is the plan. And it's just like, okay, well, if, if you have an amazing running back, like if they had Saquon Barkley, you could have done Ooh. that. You could have gotten away with that. And no offense against uh, Higdon or Smith when we had him uh, or uh, any of the other ro- running backs that we've had, but it's just like you 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 haven't had that star running back, which we've talked about, uh, Craig and I talked about for years through the show and everything where it's just like we have a core, you know, we have different ones that can do different things, which can work. But then Michigan never really did anything with the passing game, especially this past year, which was really disappointing because you have those weapons and you have a very capable quarterback. You had an improved offensive line, but you just didn't play the strength. So I'm really hoping that Gaddis goes to whatever the strength is, which everybody is thinking, obviously, the best part is going to be the wide receivers. So uh, since he has a background in that, a lot of things pointing out to a good 2019 for the offensive side of the ball for Michigan. But then uh, I did want to share that uh, a tweet here that he had. It's kind of interesting because I don't know if he's, I feel like there's always a purpose with stuff. And so I don't know if he's doing this from the fan side or the recruiting side or the player side, or maybe a little bit of all of them. Uh, But he tweeted out the building blocks for Michigan offensively. One, be explosive two protect the ball. And who has it three, be aggressive. DNA plus scheme plus confidence equals, you know, explosive or fire explosiveness and fire. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, very interesting to say, uh, see exciting to see and everything, but yeah, I don't know if he was specifically targeting anybody with that. Uh, ho- who knows if he's kind of aware of how the Michigan fan base can be on social media and everything, but you know, everybody's eating it up. So, I'm I'm going to try to tell myself to be patient, to wait until next season to see what happens. And uh, to be completely honest, now I can't remember what the first few games are at the beginning of the season. But, yeah, because um, oh, what was it? Yeah, I think it was. Man, uh, I'm, I'm blanking too. I can't remember the first couple of games. I'll, I'll look it up here real quick. But, yeah, um, I, I I'm trying to remember what year it was. I think it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was leading up to this year that it was just more of a a hype and everything where it's just like, hey, you know, yeah, it was down year, but this should be the year defense offense come together, make some changes. Things are going to, you know, this should be it. And I mean, uh, essentially it kind of was, but it fell very short with how things happened. But um, I want to be reserved. I, I want to watch. I want to wait. I want to wait until the first, uh, game and snaps and things like that for, uh, the 2019 season, because it's easy to get way ahead of ourselves. So 
let's see, 2019 is going to start with uh, Middle Tennessee and then Army. And interestingly, and those two are home games. And interestingly, after that is a bye week. And then it's at Wisconsin. Hmm. So that's that's your first four weeks of uh, Michigan football in 2019. Yeah, I knew we had that early bye. Those are always so weird. Like you get so amped up for the season and that starts and then they're like, oh, no, no, you got excited. Now you have to wait. Yeah, and there's a, there's two buys. Yeah, I noticed that too. I, I don't ever remember there being two buys in a season. The only thing I can think of is because I think um, Labor Day is happening at a weird time. Okay. And so everything's being pushed up by a week. So maybe that's how they're able to slip a second buy in there. That's, I, I don't know. So, but yeah, so optimistic. I mean, I know Michigan um, fans, uh, Michigan athletics or the Michigan football program got hit with the bad news back to back. It was Madison and then it was out Washington. Um, but then good news after that, which I think um, it was Gaddis first. And that was like the huge news. And then uh, Campanelli uh, news came out after that. So it's just, and some people brought up good points too. And, th- and I was kind of thinking about, I didn't say it, but it's just like one of those things where it's just like, okay, you lose something, but then you gain it. Kind of like when Michigan lost, um, wow, uh, Durkin. There we go. When Michigan lost Durkin, like such a huge successful defensive first year and everything lost Durkin, you know, people were losing their minds or extremely sad, upset about that. And then come along and get Don Brown and he's done fantastic since then. So Mm -hmm. it's just like, wait until you see what happens and then react from there. So things are looking pretty good so far. Um, uh, Any other thoughts um, on any of it really, or specifically Gaddis or anything? Um, no, kind of like what you were saying with this tweet and everything about the explosiveness of the, of the offense. Um, I'm kind of in the, the way of thinking, you know, show me, don't tell me. Where'd you, where'd you hear that? (laughs) I was just going to say, remember the professor that we both had in college, that was always his his saying that he had when you were trying to explain what you're going to do for a project. But no, I kind of feel that way when it comes to um, football coaches making claims and everything. I mean, it comes up with Michigan, comes up with the Lions. It's just, you know, show me, don't tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Believe it when I see it. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm not, and I think you're on this side too, where it's not pessimistic, but it's just like, okay, I'm not going to get ahead of this. I'm going to watch it and see what happens before I say, you know, you know, before I put go all in on something basically. So, but yeah, sometimes, yeah, totally. sometimes Brandon and I will have to share some stuff and everything. He, he and I go way back. Um, gosh, what was it? 2007 or 2008? Ah, oh, geez. It's gotta be right around there. Yeah. It was either 2007 or 2008 because, uh, we both went to college together and I started going there in the winter of 2007 and if we didn't, I know we didn't have a, a courses together when I was there in the winter because I was taking the weird, you know, basic ones that you had to. And there were 50 million people in mm-hmm. those classes. But then I started some of the design 
uh, in art courses and stuff the following semester. So we may have, it either would have been then or the following semester. So 2007, 2008, we go ways back over 10 years now. So, uh, and then as I believe we've mentioned, we, Brandon and myself and Craig all worked together at the same job, the place that Craig's still uh, working at. We all worked there for a short stint, uh, probably like maybe like six months or something like that together at the same place. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we've, we've got stories. We go way back. We'll, we'll kind of do fill you in because I know through the years you guys have kind of gotten to know us. But this is probably a perfect opportunity to kind of just at some point not do an episode solely on this, but just give some background information, let you guys know, because I know there have been some people that have been curious with them, some things. And every once in a while, they learn they used to learn some random things about Craig and I that they're just like, oh, we never knew that. And it's just like, we guess we never said anything about it. So. <laughs> We'll get around. We'll get around to it. We'll do some. It's a long off season, but as we said at the beginning, there will be plenty to talk about. So, uh, any anything else to really kind of add? I think we've kind of covered most of it. These uh, off season episodes will ra- range anywhere from thirty minutes to an hour, kind of depending on the topics and uh, things like that. So, and as we always say, if you guys ever want to share thoughts on topics or conversations or something like that, feel free to uh, contact us. You can email us at bluebrotherssportscast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter. Uh, I'm at bluebros underscore Caleb. And then Brandon, as he mentioned, is at heybeardmon. So that's M-O-N instead of M-A-N at the end uh, on Twitter. Or you can uh, call the voicemail, which is 551-258-3276. Really easy to remember because it's 551-BLUE-BRO. Um, but, yeah, I think... Well, the only thing thing I can think of to, of to add is that uh, Michigan basketball team is 17-0 now. Oh, yeah. Shoot, I put that down. And they beat Northwestern tonight um, pretty handedly. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna do that after you did your no uh, did you know thing. I was gonna be like, oh well, did you know that for the first time <laughs> the Michigan basketball program has? Dang it, I missed that. I uh, missed that opportunity. W- Would have been a good one. But. And you know what? Maybe uh, maybe something that we'll have to do this year, since technically it's kind of an it's it's a little bit late after the new year, but new uh, new year, new things happening, a new new member here, new host and everything. So maybe we'll look at uh, not doing anything drastic, any drastic changes, but maybe adding a few things, concepts and stuff like that. So uh, we'll see, but one thing will not change. And that is that we will be talking about Michigan football, but I think that wraps it up here for us this week. Um, We always appreciate you guys tuning in and yep. Michigan basketball off to uh, good things. Um, Tom Brady playing in another championship game. We'll see if that leads to a Super Bowl. And more Michigan football talk will be coming up next week. Uh, until then, we'll finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue.